What's up, guys? Episode 5 of Far End of the Bench with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant coming at you. Today we talk about the NBA playoffs recap, Nuggets in round 2 against the Clippers, um, and then we talk about the Lakers and their struggles, NHL playoffs, talk about how the Avalanche might have screwed the pooch and, and what we have looking forward to next season, and then the rest of the conference semifinals and now the conference finals on both sides. Then we preview a little bit of the NFL that's coming up starting on Thursday. And speaking of the NFL, that's what Nico's center of attention is about this week. So without further ado, let's get this shit started, dude. Jimmy, we, we, I mean, our bench is almost like we're, we're, we're getting a lot more people on the bench. All these bench wars, man, like we're not all going to get in. I, okay, fine. We have less playing time, but let's just let's get this. Let's start this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This week we have the NFL coming back this Sunday. We have full slate of games and with the Texans Chiefs starting today as you are listening to this on Thursday. Um, big week coming ahead and this week's center of attention I really want to focus on the future of the Denver Broncos, which is Drew Lock It In Lock. The man has been unreal and he, last year, and I, I have a feeling this year he is going to take off. If you look at the offensive weapons this Broncos team added, when you look at Jerry Judy, look at Corlin Sutton, Sutton coming into his form at the end of last year. He will have a big year. Noah Fant going to be a better tight end this year. The offensive line, huge upgrade. Lloyd Cushenberry at center and now Graham Glasnow at a right guard. That, that offensive line, even though the left tackle is a little bit iffy, I'll give you that, the offensive line is much improved. And beyond that, the Quarterback's best friend is a good running game, and you have two incredible running backs. Obviously, the homegrown talent from the 303, Philip Lindsay, and the now bring in a former rival, now now turned teammate, Melvin Gordon. Who who knows what he's going to look like? So maybe he'll be good. But Drew Locke, I expect a huge year out of him this year. I, if I'm a Broncos fan, I should. This is the first time I've been excited about quarterback play since Peyton had his prime with the Broncos. Not even at the end, because Peyton. Wasn't Peyton at the end of his career? Let's be honest, he wasn't Peyton. But now we're looking at maybe, maybe not a similar year to what Peyton had when he broke all his records with Julius Thomas, Eric Decker, and Demarius Thomas. But we're looking at the possibility of Drew Locke to put up incredible numbers with a young, talented group. So yeah, that's the center intention this week. Um, Broncos, Broncos play Monday night against the against the Tennessee Titans against Bustin' with the boys, Bull Compton, and uh, Taylor the One should be a great game. Um, looking forward to that, but uh, yeah, let's dive into the rest of this podcast. What's up, bench warmers? Another episode. We've officially passed the month mark. We're into episode five. Uh, I felt like I was gonna have to start driving to your place in the in the snowstorm. I didn't expect it to be after Labor Day, the weekend after Labor Day. I mean, I thought I got out of the early snow last year, coming out of Gunnison finally. But Neek, we're we're back. We're we we got one out of two teams left. We still got some playoff sports coming up, and then everybody's favorite, the Broncos, starts. We talked about that in your center of attention segment. It's been it's a good week. It feels right. It feels like we finally flushed whatever shit was going on in the snow. I, I like the snow because it's like a reset almost, and, and it feels like football season. Exactly. It's September 8th for we are record- the day we are recording this right now. Tuesday night. Tuesday night. And it is 
literally a snowstorm. For all you people who aren't li- or listening to us from outside the state of Colorado, yesterday it was literally 90-something degrees, and today it was 30 degrees and snowing. Yeah. That's just Colorado weather for you. But two things that come with the snow is obviously football. Football is back, like like I talked about with the center of tension a little bit. Football is back. back. We will dive into that a little bit more later on. Um, but for the first time, I think, ever, we will have – Football, basketball, hockey, and baseball all be playing on the same day. It's it's an incredible time for sports, and I I hope you're gonna enjoy all this one going on. Going, uh, this was what made me wait out the quarantine. Is I knew we were gonna come back, and then we were gonna be able to have our sports orgasm because we're gonna have basketball, hockey. Obviously coming up on the championship, starting football, and we don't have to sit through shitty preseason games. Everybody's starting. You're playing from the jump, week one, and then. Uh, I mean, baseball start picking up. It's it's weird now because we don't get the start of September being playoff baseball almost. That's the only thing that's switched a little bit. Baseball will still take a little bit to get really important, but I'm fucking hyped. This is, this is what I've been waiting for basically since uh, March Madness got canceled. This is a, a, as good of a consolation prize as I think we could have had this year. Yeah, we're, we're right back in the thick of things. And let's just jump right in, Jimmy. First thing we got to talk about, though, those Denver Nuggets, baby. The Denver Fraud Nuggets. Are you kidding me? Coming Ooh. back from, yes, the Jazz blew a 3-1 lead. Yes, it did happen. Joining the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Indians on teams to blow 3-1 leads. Uh, Fortunately, the Avs weren't able to come back. Hey, but throw, throw in the Falcons there, too. They Falcons didn't throw a, blow a 3-1 lead because you don't get series in, in football, but a 28-3 lead. Still pretty good. Oh. Going back to it, Nuggets came back down 3-1, beat the Jazz game 7. Incredible game. Team showed a lot of heart. Now, moving on to the next one. This beat LA mentality that we've I've literally been saying since I was fucking 10 years old. I mean, going back to playing the Lakers in the playoffs, now facing the Clippers, same thing, beat LA, that same attitude. They're making Our, it really, really easy to hate them too. Yep, game one, not not the way we want to go. Game two came out firing on all cylinders. If you follow us on Twitter, you'll yeah. see that I, I'm, I'm the one in charge of doing the Nuggets, but the Nuggets <laughs> Twitter feed going yeah. along with me, and we I, mean, I tweet out basically every little, not every little play, but basically every little pay, play. Be sure to follow us on that. Yeah. But game three last night, tough one, very tough. MPJ showed why everyone thinks he's going to be a bona fide star in this league. And oh my goodness, Jamie, did you see that dunk? Yeah, I wasn't watching the game while it was happening, but then you sent it right. You mentioned the MPJ dunk, and uh, NBA Twitter is very good about putting plays like that up right after. It was, whew, uh, I felt like Jamal Murray announced himself as the superstar in game seven and, and the games leading up to that, bring the Nuggets back from 3 1 lead, but. I don't think he's he's not emerging as a superstar, but he's kind of proven like he was supposed to be a top pick before he had that back surgery, and he's proving why he was that that guy. I liked how he's handled the media and the Jazz series, and then that dunk. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just, good just signs to, to come. Just to pl- or blow up MPJ a little bit, his stats plus minus for all those you for all of those uh, fans out there. I'm, that I'm are, one of them that say he can't play defense. Can't play defense, whatever. Me, those plus minus fans that. Think he's been terrible on defensive end. Can't blame him at the end games. Well, listen to this stat. MPJ in 222 minutes so far this playoffs has been a plus 18. When he is off the floor, we're plus or minus 56. I don't. I mean, take that with a grain of salt. That's not all his on him. But the man when he's done a great job elevating that bench. Yeah. Having Jeremy Grant start at the three with Paul Millsap at the four, I think that's a great that's a, that was a great adjustment by Mike Malone. 
Um, we're going to see how, if MPJ can keep up his shooting because I, tw- I tweeted out last night. I was like, MPJ needs gets his shooting going. Yeah. Two seconds later, the dude nails three threes. I mean, that's just the, that's the mentality this guy has to have. Last night, tough one, like we said. Had a 12-point lead at one point in the second quarter. Blew it before halftime. Um, the one big difference in that was Jamal. Yeah. Jam- Jamal um, wasn't there last night. Jamal has become a superstar in this league, but now what we need from his, him is consistency. He doesn't need to drop 50 a night, but we need that consistency because he is the second-best player on this team. I think he's running into that wall. It's the same wall Jokic hit last year in the Portland series where he'd been playing so often and you relied on him so much. This is why Jokic showed up a little bit better in, in last night, but I think you know if you have a guy score 50 points, you can't expect him to be – that same production level, you know, he did it for three games in a row. You can't expect that every single night from him. He should be a little bit better than what he was, but I don't I don't see it as a fault that he couldn't keep up the pace that he was on. No, I, I completely agree. The dude has been on an unbelievable tear in the first round of the playoffs. The second round, obviously, maybe fatigue set in a little bit. And he, has a, he has a better person guarding him in this series than he did in the last series. Yeah, no. Um, Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley were switching off on him last series, and now you have to deal with Pat Beverly. Who, if you guys, I mean, he basically what Rudy Gobert was last series. How much we just like did not like watching that man play basketball. Pat Beverly is going to be this series. Yep. Hearing him say Jokic is flailing around and going nuts, man. The the Clippers shot twenty six free throws. Jimmy, yeah. we shot ten. Montrez Harrell alone had ten free throws. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, we we retweeted that highlight of him doing that to, to James Harden, where yeah, he was James literally Harden. on the floor, ten feet away. The guy who would rather, I think he would rather die than not touch you in a, in a game of basketball. You're flopping on that guy, and then uh, it, it was a bad look for Pat Beverly. I think I've been hyping him up as one of the better defensive players in the league because I watched him on Christmas Day lock down LeBron in, in crunch time when it's normally LeBron's time to shine. So I hate that he said this, but I do think he's going to be a factor in this series. Oh, don't get me wrong. The dude is a great defender, but, I mean, the dude has to speak for himself. Yeah. I, Doc Rivers came out today and said Jokic is the best passing center in the league because he knew what Maybe Pat, ever. Maybe he, ever. He, he knew what Pat Beverly and Paul George said is going to get in the minds of the Denver Nuggets. That's the worst thing they could have said, thinking that Jokic is failing around. That man is going to come with a different attitude and absolutely obliterate the rest of the series. Now that he understands what flailing means, because that was the best part about the, the answers, what, what this flail, he flailing me. means. Give what, him a little help. No, I, I get it. And that's the other thing. Pat Beverly, he compared it to Doncic. It was almost like he was putting the Eastern block, that European style of play, on the hot seat. Well, Donch- well I mean, let's, let's remember what Doncic did to Pat Beverly. In literally 60 seconds of play, while Pat Beverly was guarding Doncic, he had 10 points. 60 seconds, 10 points, by he, the way. He scored him and into an injury. And then he didn't play the rest yeah. of the series. He scored him into an injury. He scored. He hurt his pride. That's that's a pride injury there. So if you if failing around is going to beat you, beat the other guy like in a, like down the series, then I, flail around all you want. I don't care. If we win the series, then who cares? Is that right though? Is it a different style a little bit the way that Doncic and and, no, and Jokic play? I mean, obviously Jokic because you don't normally see that position be a distributor of the ball. I don't even think Luca is that big of a flopper. If I'm going to be honest with you, no. I think he just he just tried to pick out someone else's name, and Luca's the first one that came up to mind. Yeah. Um, Jokic obviously does try, does talk to the refs a little bit too much, more than I'd like, but he does do that. Um, but like it, that's what happens when you're a center that big, and you have your have Montrez Harrell and Zubac, Ivica Zubac on your back every play, having two hands on your back. Like it's it's going to be a foul call. Like it, mm-hmm. there's there's some more calls that weren't called that he that 
Jokic had 100% like he he had a reason to be arguing with. Yeah. And it's ridiculous that they're doing this. I just hope this Nuggets team now takes that with the grain of salt and now uses that as motivation. This last game didn't look as bad. I mean, they lost again just like game 1, but game game 1 looked bad because you could tell they were emotionally drained. I mean, after the the Utah series, Jamal Murray wasn't aware that they were playing so quickly right after. That's just completely we knew I knew that we were losing game one yeah. after I said that. It was it was a bad bad situation because you're coming off such an emotional win and that was a t- hard fought game seven. That was like an old school nineties. It, it ended up like eighty seven oh something Mike like Conley that. Almost gave me a heart attack. Both and Tory Craig. Oh my gosh. Both teams finished with under triple digits and it hadn't happened before in the series. So that was a that was a tough game to come off and, and play a team as good as the Clippers because there's. They're one of those teams that they tax you even when you are playing well against them. They no, just the take Cl- a lot out Clippers, of them. Clippers, there's a reason why they were my pick to win the NBA Finals Like before, beforehand. We'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more because I did make a really big prediction correct. <laughs> but, so we'll dive into that in a second. But the Clippers, Clippers team, like Lou Williams hasn't even hit his stride. Montrezl Harold, sixth man of the year. But, I mean – He's still on Kodak moment. <laughs> Don't you forget. Don't you forget it. Because he's he's on my he's on my screensaver right now. Him and MPJ. I get to look at him getting his or MPJ's nuts in his face every day. So that's a nice <laughs> reminder. But this that team, the Clippers are a great team for a reason. Yeah. Um the Nuggets deserve more respect than we do. The, many teams or many announcers, many analysts didn't give us one game. It was yeah, it's bad. Um and I noticed it a lot with the Avalanche too, is in those games where the Avalanche were coming back and making that comeback from a 3-1 deficit, you could still tell the announcers were more worried about the Stars not playing as well as they had than the Avalanche actually stepping up. They just Denver teams never get the credit, and the Nuggets are definitely one of those teams. Because um, I was saying it last year when they were second all year in the conference behind one really good team, and I can't, I can't remember who they were behind, but they were number one, two on that crazy run. They just never get the respect that they deserve. Hopefully this will be another step towards that. But I think they need MPJ to really come out and show, like, this is the dude coming up, and he's going to be here for a long time. So they're going to have three players that they're going to have to make pretty highly paid at some point, but that's going to be their next step. Yeah, you got to have the consistency. Like we said, development, development, development. With with MPJ is going to be huge for his his, – future going forward i mean gary harris he has been a huge difference maker him coming in Mm -hmm. um at the end of last series and being a big difference maker on the defensive end has been a big jolt of energy to help this team out single-handedly brought that defense back from the dead exactly so uh, if if the nuggets can i mean if if we can hold Kawhi and paul george to together less than 35 40 points a game i think we win those games now we just got to make sure on the defensive end that second group can lock down lou will can lock down montrez harrell um to make sure that they they don't get hot because the last thing you want to do is let those role players who are good players like don't get me wrong six man of the year he's three times six man of the year for a reason chicken wing lou will but the dude has is a reason why he come off the bench. He he needs. They try to give him that energy, and if we're able to lock him down, I I don't doubt we're going to win more games in this series. Yeah. Uh, staying on that side of the bracket, uh, Lakers and Rockets are tied one one, and in the game they're playing right now, it's the second quarter on Tuesday night. Their Rockets are leading thirty eight thirty four. Is it? I've heard it a lot in a different couple different podcasts that I've listened to. Is the Lakers trying to play down to small ball? Can they just not play that same style that the Rockets like to? And is that bothering them? And does that make them a problem 
for the Lakers. The one, the one thing that that's bugging me so much about this series is the fact that Anthony Davis isn't scoring sixty points a game. Are you, like PJ Tucker, dude has played unreal. I'm gonna give him that. The dude has played great defense. Has shut down um, Anthony Davis so far. Not completely. Dude's Anthony Davis still scoring twenty five points a game. But Anthony Davis plays the four. Are you kidding me? You're telling me Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee can't get buckets down low against a dude that's Somebody's six inches be, smaller than you? Got to be open. You yes. got to have – and, like, that te- this Lakers team has no business um, losing this series. The Rockets obviously have a lot of great guard play. Getting Rondo back for Lakers is huge, but I don't understand why they can't just, like – just feed the post, feed the post. I know it's not glamorous. It's not the Showtime Lakers like you used to have with Magic Johnson, but that's going to make you win this series. Showtime Lakers can come back later on when you play the Clippers in the next round or the Nuggets, whatever it may be. Yeah. But when you're facing the Rockets who are trying to run, are literally shooting shots less than eight seconds in the shot clock every time, you got to slow down, play at your pace, and dominate the post. Because P.J. Tucker is six foot eight. Right. He's LeBron's height. And he's guarding Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard with ease. That cannot be happening. That yeah. should not be happening. It's going to be – That's it's kind of what I've been hearing is that they're trying to play the game that, the way that they haven't been, and that's what got them here. So that I don't understand why they're trying to do that, and, and they got to start opening up the offense a little bit more. But if you rely on your stars to be, win you games and don't you, – you're going to count on your own bench because the game that they won – their bench came out and played really well, and they were getting secondary scoring. If you're going to have to rely on that every night and not be able to ri- rely on your stars, it's going to be an interesting thing moving forward. And I can see the Clippers, or if by some miracle, and it might be a miracle just because of how good the Clippers are, but by if some miracle the Nuggets get past the Clippers, it's going to be haunting them in the next round too. Yeah, I completely agree. That Western Conference is up for grabs, but we got to dive into the Eastern Conference because – let me remind you, one month ago, I said on this podcast, I said the Miami Heat are going to not only sweep the Pacers, but they will also beat the Milwaukee Bucks. Tonight, they showed why they are much far. That Heat culture down there in the 305 is such a big difference maker. And they shut down Chris Middleton, shut down Eric Bledsoe. Giannis didn't play game five. That team came out showing their will and now they're on back to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since LeBron left South Beach. That's a that was a big statement, and um, the Bucks surprised me. I thought they were going to get swept. I did after the first two games. The way that they, because I thought if they were going to win a game in the series, they'd have to win game one or two. Because after that, the Heat would have been wearing down on them, and they would have exposed the fact that they have Giannis, and that's it. I mean, you got a, a couple guys that step up here and there, but. Uh, the the fact that they lost game three, or the fact that they lost game four and then came back and gentlemen swept them, it, it was a big statement for them, and they they knocked out my representative for the Eastern Conference in the finals. So you were right to pick chaos. I mean, my Eastern Conference representative is, is down three two as well in Toronto. So I mean, right now, if I'm looking at Miami and who they'd rather play, whether it be Milwaukee or sorry, whether it be uh, Boston or Toronto, I think they match up really well with both teams. Um, that wing play that. Is very, very underrated for Miami. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, um, Goran Dragic has been playing a lot of great basketball for them. I think they can match up well with Boston's guards. That bigs now down below, Dan Adebayo, way better than Daniel Tice. And then, I mean, if, if Toronto comes out of that series, comes back 3-2, um, 
I think Miami still has a, still has the upper edge. I, right now, I think Miami has a good chance to make the finals. If Jimmy Butler can play, can continue the way he's been doing, and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robson continue to be absolute buckets, are you kidding me? I, I would not be surprised to see them in the NBA Finals. No, the way that the Heat have looked so far, and we talked about it when the, when the playoffs started for both hockey and basketball, the team who plays the least amount of games is going to have that advantage because you're playing so much in such a short amount of time after coming off of a, a long period of rest. So now the fact that the Lakers look like it's going to be a while till they finish off the Rockets and the Clippers and Nuggets going to go back and forth, the Heat have a good chance moving forward through the rest of the playoffs just based on that. The Heat have only lost one game in the playoffs, yeah. and that was a game where there were some iffy calls at the end of the game. They could have won easily, but they've only lost one game in the playoffs. They're, they, they're sitting on only nine games in about two weeks while the rest of these teams are pushing – 12 to 13, 14. You're like, seeing it too that people are dropping off like flies and then people are starting to throw WWE moves that kick underneath the basket. Spicy P with the heartbreak kick, Shawn <laughs> uh, Michaels kick. I know you'd like that. That was like the first time that I'd even remembered that the because the Celtics and Raptors series has been so quiet. Nobody's been talking about that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Boston was going through them so quick and I think people forgot about it, but that was the first highlight that I've seen from that series. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd be keeping a close eye because obviously the OG annual. And it will be I'm probably 100% saying that wrong, but OG game winning three in game, in game three, yeah. um, to make that series. Sorry, no, it was in game four to make that series two two and not down three one was huge. So I saw that. I mean, I, I've been paying attention because I'm a basketball freak, but that that series like we have hasn't been talked about enough, and that East Conference is wide open, like between Miami, Boston, and Toronto. I don't yeah. see a clear cut favorite. I no, don't at all. Not at all. This is the second year in a row that you're getting a lot more parity. Like, you don't know who's going to win down the stretch in the playoffs. Because for a while, it was LeBron and the Warriors. It was the Warriors and whoever came out of the East. And now it, it could be the Lakers. They could get upset. And then you see the Rockets in the conference final. And then you have Boston, who's been playing really well in the playoffs so far. Miami's only lost one game. Toronto won the championship last year. There's there's a ton of different outcomes. And I think that's why the NBA has been... They've been killing it since they came back from, oh, been from quarantine. And the one thing we, we got to touch on, we'll touch upon this once the offseason comes, but where do the Bucks go from here? Do you see Giannis leaving? Is Does he sign that super max contract that he's up for in Milwaukee? Who knows? Like that That's going to be a great conversation going forward because, yeah. I mean, does he go to South Beach? Because that's a possibility. Does he um, – does he try to join forces in Portland? Does he start a new dynasty with the Knicks? Probably never going to happen, but who knows? I can I mean, see him going to the Nets before the Knicks. So, but. I don't know. I mean, I don't, the Nets would probably don't have the space room, but still, I, who knows what the Bucks are going to look like next year. It's going to be a big offseason um, going forward, but I'm sure that was, that'll, those will be great topics. It'll be forward. interesting because I think if he wants the, to – if he's just in it for the money, he signs the Supermax in Milwaukee continues to be the face of the league and, and the guy that they're trying to transition from LeBron to Giannis. Um, but if he wants to win championships, he's going to probably do what Jimmy Butler did, maybe take a little bit less money, go down to South Beach, or um, I, I don't know. I think there's a ton of super teams. Maybe he joins forces with LeBron if AD decides to leave in his contract year. This is, I think that was worst-case scenario for the Bucks, especially him getting hurt, because we saw what, what happened with KD last year in Golden State once he got hurt. That was kind of like... 
you know, I was planning on leaving anyways, but that, now fuck you guys. Because they, they had the best record in the league for two straight years yeah. and got bounced in the second round. Haven't even made it, the com- made it to the conference finals. Haven't final. made it to the conference finals. The reigning MVP and more than likely the cur- this year's MVP has not made it out of the second round of playoffs. I think he's going to leave, but it's, who knows? It's, remind, it's reminding me of Nolan Arenado, and I don't know if he's going to come out and say – basically dare the organizations like if you don't want to fucking win you can plan on me leaving because if you if you don't make moves to put me in the best situation i only have this for so many years you i'm not gonna be here don't um, break don't break my heart I'm, i don't want to talk about the rockies yet this we, we don't have to talk about the rockies and it looks this like he's still hurting me <laughs> that well we can wait to talk about the rockies but because i'm sure the broncos especially after what happened today might get iffy i know i'm gonna be depressed in the fall because my team's not gonna be great Let's talk, let's talk some hockey because NHL playoffs, I tweeted it last week. I, it was Thursday night. We knew we were going to have three teams come back from 3-1 deficits. The only team that uh, didn't let their lead slip away was Tampa Bay over Boston. And now we had three game sevens. We got the Islanders and the Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals. Unfortunately, the Stars against the Knights in the Western Conference Final. We'll, dive into that we'll talk bit. about that at the end because that, that – that was a very contentious point, and I still I'm not over it. I feel way better than I did right after the game. But we got a lot of talk, lot to talk about with the Avalanche and Stars um, series. So let's start on the Eastern Conference side. Tampa Bay uh, played eight games, I believe, or I think nine games in the playoffs total, mm-hmm. yep. and they have been dominating. They put up eight on Simeon Varlamov, who was looking like a Patrick Waugh-esque type goalie this so far in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, if you're an Avs fan, right, if, if, you're, if you're a Colorado sports fan, Colorado Avalanche fan, there's one team that you should be rooting for, and that's Islanders. Semyon Varlamov have put a lot of incredible years with this team, got us out of a lot of great, like, terrible holes through, the, through his years, and we always had him behind us. Fortunately, he was injury-prone. We had to let him go. But, I mean, eight goals against you is not going to help in game one. So, hopefully he's able to come back. But, I mean, as, as a hockey fan, I'm going to be rooting for the Islanders. Uh, I like the underdog story. Yeah. And, and, seeing, and, and seeing Varlamov win a championship or, or win a Stanley Cup would be awesome. I think those fans who say you should cheer for the team who knocks you out, fuck you. I'm oh, not cheering no. for the Stars. <laughs> Hell no. After what happened and the way that they lost that last game, no, we're not going to get into it yet because uh, the Lightning – you, you were of the mind that they were going to kind of do what they did last year, have a great regular season, and then they weren't gritty enough to make it through the playoffs. That top line of Braden Point, uh, Olage, uh, I'm pretty sure that's the guy. Yep. Olage oh, had sure. the one-timer that I, I thought. Oh, uh, yeah, it's Olage, yep. Yeah, and then they have Nikita Kucherov too, and they're all playing out of their mind, but they're being overshadowed by everybody else. They put up eight goals. on. It, it's just in, insane, and they put up seven on Boston, and a couple games had – the Bruins number, who was the Eastern Conference representative in the final last year, they look like they're on a mission, and I would not – I'm not sure what the odds are for them to win the, the Cup, but I wouldn't shy away from putting money down on them the no, way they've been playing. No, Vasilevsky has done a great job, too, in net for them. Um, mm-hmm. they, that, this team – Yeah, he, he was the reason why they were able to win that four-overtime game. Exactly. So, like, I mean, this team has – they've had a lot of bad years. Like, they've had, they've had, they've been, they've had or almost – 
been at the top of the list for the um, best record in the regular season in the past four years, it feels like, maybe five years. And yeah. the team has never been able to produce in the playoffs. And we're finally seeing this team gel all together. I know you, you've literally had either a Tampa Bay Lightning player or, or, play. or a Tampa Bay Lightning uh, play for player of the week or player of the week literally almost every week. So this team has been on a roll. Obviously, I, I'm going to still root for the Islanders just for the hell of it. Um, but I don't, I don't know how they're going to take it's, down this monster of a team. It's going to be in. It's going to be very tough with the way they're playing. Um, you had two guys last night with five points. Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point both had five points. Crazy. Kucherov had four assists, and then Braden Point had three and two. It was they're just on another level, and they'll be brought up at the end of this podcast because they're still going to yeah, be. Yeah, Jimmy will definitely have either. I think he has both play of the weekend and player of the week for them. So, so yeah, you'll hear more about them. It'll be. <laughs> it'll be fun talking about that moving on. Um, Western Conference, let's go back because we recorded the last time before Game 7. It was before Game 6. It was before, before game, game 6. six. It, actually, we were recording during uh, Game 5, the game that they came out and kind of rode out. Uh, they went back to Bishop. The Stars went which back to the, Bishop, the which was dumb. They could have done. It was a, the second of a back-to-back, so I understand a little bit, but you had a goalie who was on a hot streak. And then when the other goalie came back, Hudovin had kind of lost his groove. He found it again in Game 7, unfortunately. Oh, I was really, really. I had a really bad reaction to this as right after it happened. I was running the Twitter. I was doing the live tweeting. Uh, it got bad towards the end of the third period. I started losing my temper a little bit. They went into overtime. I basically lost my shit. Uh, I wanted Joe Sackick fired at the end of the game, right at the end of the game, and I wanted Jared Bednar fired. I'm backing off on one of those, and maybe Jared Bednar's maybe on just the hot seat right now, but I'm still royally pissed off about how that game ended. Yeah, I, I texted you a little bit, trying to calm me down a little bit, because I'm in the mindset of um, Joe Sackett, because I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to completely convince you about Joe Sackett, because Joe Sackett is one of the best GMs in hockey right now. There's no doubt. Ever since the Matt Duchesne trade about three years, three and a half years ago, this team has been on the rise, and yeah. they continue to be. Now, I mean, he's going to make continue to make offseason moves. The Avs are currently in the discussion to get Matt Murray. That could be a possibility. I, I like that. I like that. Could be a possibility. Joe Sackett's going to make good moves for this team. I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. Jared Bednar, um, he got dealt a tough hand. Down 3-1 in the series. Having your third-string goalie come in, Michael Hutchinson. Dude played great. Played out of his mind, yeah. Dude played great. I mean, it was, it was his luck was running out. It, game 7, he played – I mean – it was a it was a terrible situation because you lost two you lost your starter really, and backup you lost two really good defenders that were going to be in front of them too and then Landeskog didn't play game seven that obviously hurt um, I don't put any of the losses on Michael Hut any the, I don't put that loss on Michael Hutchinson because that's the only game he's lost in the NHL playoffs it was that last goal in the overtime the game winner. I was so pissed off at Gerard because he was the guy who was just standing there staring at Hutchinson, and the he was a rookie. This is his first game playing for the Stars. He had a hat trick first and won the game. game. First playoff first, game. First playoff game with the Stars. Hat trick and won the playoff game. What the hell? Why Why does that have to be the way that this season ended? Especially, and then scoring the fourth goal to go up 4-3, three, three minutes left in the third period, 10, ten seconds, seconds later. later. Bam. I, I want Bednar fired because I... In that situation, I want my coach to be as pissed off as I would be as a player. And Jared Bednar is the coolest coach in hockey because he doesn't get high. He doesn't get low. It was basically watching two guys who were almost not caring about the game between the Stars coach and Bednar. They're just so calm and collected. It's not the way that I really respond. So I wanted, I want to get somebody in there like a Patrick Wall who's going to knock the glass down on the other coach. 
Yeah, I, I mean the one th- the one thing though I do give Bednar credit to is we like we said we had nine players hurt. We had Lance Scott, we had Grubauer, Franco, Eric Johnson. Um, who else do we have? Matt Calvert, Jonas Donskoy. The list goes on and on. This team, at full strength, is the best team in hockey. Let's just be honest. The and most talented. We are the most talented. I think team it's in between hockey. them and Tampa as the two probably most raw talented teams. The worst thing that could have happened, and that's and that's having to rely on your third string goalie to come in. The dude played, like we said, he played out of his mind. But game seven, dude's only played X amount of playoff games. That's going to come back to bite You're you. You're also relying on O'Connor and guys like. A PT Belmar. Connor Timmons was hurt, but he played minutes. They like stepped up, and they've proved they proved that they should be on the team. But the, you can't rely on guys who've never been there. One it's of, it's hard of, to rely on guys who've never been there, and they lost all the guys. That exactly. One of our fourth string wingers was a guy, kid by the name of Sheldon Dries, who hasn't played a regular season game for the Avs since. December. The dude yeah. played literally for the Colorado Eagles right down the street. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, this this team was the like we said, worst thing that could have happened was the injuries. I give Bednar credit because he did play around with those lineups, those defensive pairings. Yeah. You had to switch around. He did. McCarr yeah. was playing with Grace half the time. Was playing with um, Nachu or not sorry, Nachushkin, yeah. but um, Ian Cole. Nemetsnikov was, was stepping up too. I did. I liked the way basically the they ended Game Six the way. That I really enjoyed, where they were rotating defenders, and Makar was the guy who was on the ice most of the time, but he was always playing with a fresh body. And that's you take advantage of your most talented guy, and then you're able to get fresh guys around him because fresh guys barely make mistakes. It, it is something that I wanted to talk about too with the Avalanche. Uh, I'm pretty sure Denver underscore Avs. Shout out to them because uh, we go back and forth on Twitter a little bit, especially when I was live tweeting. Um, Nathan McKinnon is 0 3 in game sevens, and that's not a bad thing because it's a team sport. He's not the reason they win or lose games. No points in any of the game sevens either. And he was on a 14-point game streak up until this end. I'm, I'm not going to hate on McKinnon right now. I, if if that trend continues late years down the road, I'll, I'll, I'll go on this. But the dude basically kept us in the series. He, that was, he was mainly yeah. the whole reason why we absolutely obliterated the Coyotes in the first round. And then the second round, we stayed in the series because of him. He, bro- he drove us back, and that, I agree with you there. The difference between the guys that he's compared to, especially in franchise history, Joe Sackick, mm-hmm. uh, tie in his point record in the playoffs, and Peter Forsberg, because I think he's as physical as Peter Forsberg liked to play, but he's also the most talented guy on the ice. Those guys were the reason their teams were winning in these big games, and and they had guys to rely on around him. Ray Bork, you, guys, you got guys that got foot who are just destroying people on the blue line. You're never in your defensive zone. So it's a little bit different situation, but... You know he he has to prove that he's the guy that can win you games in that situation. Yeah, you, you gotta remember, McKinnon turned twenty five the same day last week. He's same birthday as me. Yeah. Literally turned twenty five yeah. the same day as I turned twenty three. I mean, the dude is still young. This team has a lot of great talent. Um, the one thing that I wanted to tell you is that there's a reason why we lost this is because we wouldn't have got a parade. Let's be oh, honest okay. here. If the Avs would have won the Stanley Cup. There was going to be no parade, and I don't think I would have been able to live without a parade. If so, there's yeah. a reason. So next year, I'll give you Bednar's on the hot seat because if this team doesn't perform next year, then I'll agree with you. But yeah. I don't think fire him right now. Um, he's on the hot seat. This team should be, should produce next year, if not make the Stanley Cup final next year. Yeah. Um, so I'll give him the hot seat. But this team needs to either run it back or make a few slight adjustments and get healthy. Holy shit. Get, get a, healthy. Yeah, you got to get shit. more depth in the back end. You don't, So that, that way you're not relying on guys that you're calling up from the Eagles and goal. 
and uh, on defense. I think they need to get a little bit fit, more physical to do the same thing that the Lightning did. Keep all your skill, guys. You're still a very fast team, and you're base. You're winning games because you're outscoring people eight, nine, and ten goals at a time. But you you also get that greediness. You got that guy. You got the Vasilevsky who's never going to let you down in the goal, who's always available, never hurt. You got a guy. You got to get a big bag of knuckles and put him at the blue line and just say nobody's coming to mess with my goalie. Eric Johnson did that well, better than I thought he was going to. Huge. And I think you need another guy so that when Eric Johnson, you need two. You got if you're gonna have Bash Brothers, you gotta have two. You gotta have Fulton, then you gotta get a guy that they bring in in D two. I don't remember his name. They just put D two on on Disney Plus. Portman. You got your Fulton. You got your Portman. You gotta have two. Uh, so, so, yeah, I, I'm, I hope this eases you a little bit because I, I still have a lot of promise for this Colorado Avalanche team. I still think, I, I mean, we'll, like we said, the Nuggets, like, we're in the second round of playoffs. Who knows what we're going to do? But I still believe the Avalanche have the best shot of winning a cha- the next championship for Colorado. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a huge offseason. We'll talk about it as, as the months come ahead and the offseason comes along. Um, if we get Matt Murray, that'd be huge. That'd but, be big. But who who knows what's going to happen? Because the Seattle Kraken, and now we're going to have another. <sighs> we're going to have another um, entry level, or not entry level, but um, expansion, expansion draft. So you're only going to have you're going to have a certain amount of players kept and certain not. So that's going to be interesting to see what they do there. So yeah. who knows? Our, our, um, it's going to be gonna, a good off season though. That's bad too because now people have seen O'Connor. And guys like Belmar, guys that are probably going to be up for that expansion draft, they can play. The one, the one good thing though is you can only take one player per team. So yeah. they, you're only going to lose one player, but who knows what that's going to be? So. I could, I could probably see it being Michael Hutchinson because I realize he's 30 years old, so he's a little bit got a, uh, got some experience. Shout out those Toronto Maple Leafs for giving up on Kadri and Hutchinson, and yeah. uh, and uh, your team is. Jimmy went back and forth oh, with one of you guys. I, was, I, I had something way meaner, but they were trying to say how the Leafs were actually better than the Avalanche because the Avalanche never beat a good team, quote-unquote good team. Uh, you guys haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1965. It hasn't been relevant at all. And, yeah, the last time you were relevant, it was Michael Myers in a beard with a fake Indian accent playing a sitar. And hockey wasn't even the main point of that movie. It was the love guru. You, yeah, so you we, fucks. We, we're not going to give you much highlight, Leafs fans, because your team can't even get out of the round robin. So talk to us when you even get close. To there's the, a, there's a reason. There's a reason that Vancouver was the final Canadian team in in this year because they actually have a decent future. The Toronto Maple Leafs didn't even make the bracket. Exactly. So now, Jimmy, you got all your Bengals gear on. I mean, I'm I don't have my Broncos gear on yet because we played Monday, but. NFL is back, baby. It is, we are back today. Or not today. But yeah, no. Episode's coming out today. Thursday, back today. Back today. We have Chiefs, Texans today. Hope everyone's got their fantasy football teams all drafted and locked and loaded. I know I got my teams going. Hopefully hopefully I have you draft some Joe Burrow? No. Made no? You, got, got you locked on the team. And Jerry Judy. But, um, so yeah, the team's... Uh, Team's going forward. We got a preview coming up. Uh, first, I mean, I talked. We talked a little bit about the Broncos. Um, I had my insight about Drew Locke. Tough, like we had said. First, tough first week against the Titans. Team coming off an AFC Championship uh, game where they lost to the Chiefs. Derrick Henry is a stud. Uh, he, I mean, that team's going to rely heavily on the run. Yeah, that's going to be. It, if this, I mean, Von Miller today just came out like literally an hour or two ago um, that he possibly could be out for the season. That's going to be a huge blow to the Broncos. Pending an MRI, so that'll be interesting how that goes. So pre- ho- hopefully by the time this podcast comes out that um, that it's not a season-ending injury, and hopefully we'll get him back for half the season. Who knows? But that's going to be a huge blow to the defense. 
you still got to hope that Chubb comes back healthy too because exactly. he's he's questionable with an injury so right now. You're going to rely heavily on Jarrell Jer- Casey, um, Shelby Harris, Mattelvin, the guy Mattelvin that they drafted. Majeeb, yep. Yes, Draymond Jones from Ohio State. Shelby Harris. Shelby Harris okay. kind of stepped up last year. That's going to be it's going to be much more difficult because the Broncos' offense is going to be relied on. This is a game where you can't rely on the defense, especially now with your two edge guys possibly going in with injuries. You got a rookie that's going to possibly see some big minutes. Um, and Jarrell Casey can rush from the edge, but I think he's much better rushing that one tech three technique, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like a Geno Adkins. So uh, that middle of the defense is going to be left open. And we saw what the Titans just did to the Ravens defense the last time that they were out there. It turned Earl Thomas into a fullback, got him kicked out of Baltimore because of it. I mean, that that and the orgy with his brother, that kind of got him kicked out of Baltimore. Yeah, but there's a few, a few things going on there. But, yeah. It's, it's, it's a very bad sign so far. The good thing is you're facing Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, that's true. You've you got to make this team throw the ball. I mean, A.J. Brown's a stud on the outside for them, but um, you're going you're gonna to need uh, – you're gonna need your offense to put up points. Like we said with yeah. this division, Patrick Mahomes is in your division. You gotta put up points. And like I said, the offense is revamped. This offense, like even though we're very young and a lot of new young faces, this offense is completely revamped. Unfortunately, they got rid of the fullback Andy Yanovich. Oh my gosh, I loved you. I got one of my favorite players in the Broncos, but I got a bad feeling that they're gonna to be too because Pat Shermer's offense doesn't work with the people that they have right now. It's yeah, been proven we'll not yeah, to work because it's the same offense that Adam Gase ran, Mike McCoy ran, where you got three guys in the route, so you only got five guys that could pass block. Well, four guys that could pass block on the off, on the Broncos' offensive line, and one guy that's a hog tire, yep. three steps off the whistle. Still, still not talking, saying his name. No, but that was the thing because the NFL just came out today that they're going to be playing uniform crowd noise so that there's no team if the yeah, team can have fans when 72 gets a hold that's that was the thing because I was listening to the local Denver sports show the drive uh, with uh, Tyler Palomas and DMAC and he's like so when Garrett Bolts gets a holding penalty is there going to be somebody in the stadium like boo <laughs> boo and he's like and then they figured it out and he's like no it's the crowd noise that they've been pumping in during the I'm scrimmages sorry, first, sorry. To interrupt you. What was that name? Seventy two, right? No, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah seventy two. Yeah, yeah. Holding yeah, yeah. seventy two. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not the name. Seventy two. Still not saying his name, but yeah. I mean, hopefully Jerry Judy comes into his form. Uh, the one thing that Drew Locke has that's different than Joe Flacco and Case Keenum is that he's mobile. The dude can move. Yeah, he had a lot he, of practice at that in college and last year. So he's gonna be, he's a lot more mobile. He's not gonna stand there on his two back feet and just get pummeled every other every other play no. by the, the whoever's on the left side of the line just completely obliterating number seventy two. He's, so, he's got to take a lesson from Jimmy McGinty. Shout out to the people who know who've seen the replacements uh, with Shane, with Keanu Reeves. Um, he tells him to like, get used to setting up on the run. Move fast, think even faster, because you'll live a lot longer. That's going to be what Drew Locke has to abide by. If I move my feet before I get my head taken off, I'm going to be able to play the entire season. I don't think he's going to make it, make it through the entire season. I just don't want to see Jeff Driscoll play. So You I'm, definitely I'm, don't I'm, want to I'm, see Jeff Driscoll I'm, I'm, play. I'm, def- I'm I know that he, from, he's going to go through the full season. They're I know gonna, that from experience you don't want to see Jeff Driscoll they're play. They're not going to bench him, A, because they're going to let him go through these no. growing pains. But if he does get hurt... Who knows? I don't, I don't think he has a bad injury history, though. So, But the one thing that a good, that rookie quarterback – or not rookie, but young quarterback like, that will help him grow is the running game. Yeah. If So 
I mean, I'm still not on board the Melvin Gordon train. I'm a big Phil Lindsay guy, obviously. Him going to Denver South, being a CU buff, um, homegrown talent. He's still my favorite running back in the league, right? I mean, besides Chris McCaffrey, but he's still one of my favorite running backs in the league. And I still think he's RB1. Um, I think right now with Melvin Gordon, who knows what he's going to look like. I'm, I'm looking at this situation similar to when we signed Jamal Charles a few years back. So about five hopefully, years. Hopefully it's better than that. Hopefully better than that. Melvin Gordon, he's playing on a one-year deal, approve a deal. <laughs> Hopefully he proves himself. It'd be huge because I mean our offense would help benefit. Be benefit. He's huge. a better receiver than Philip Lindsay is. Mm-hmm. Philip Lindsay is not very good out of the backfield, so that bring that's an extra step. I like Melvin Gordon being here because it it gives it proves that a guy that I played with, Austin Eckler, stepped up, and mm-hmm. the Chargers didn't see a value in keeping a guy like Melvin Gordon around because he's a higher profile pick. You can, they can rely on a guy like Austin Eckler. That's just a personal thing for me, but he does bring the added element. Now you got a, a threat. You got to have somebody to control the middle of the field. Now they can't bring in an extra safety because you got to have a guy that's going to cover the running back in the middle of the field. Yeah, I mean, and the tight end. Melvin so Gordon's going to have to win over the fans of the Broncos, though. I mean, going to have to win over the Denver fans. Right now, every like basically, if you're from Colorado and you are a Broncos fan, one of your favorite players on the team is obviously Philip Lindsay. Just yeah. because the the story he has, the home, the the fact he is born and raised in this beautiful state. Um, first undrafted rookie, first free undrafted agent rookie, wearing Terrell Davis's number. I mean, yep. Got there's, there's, there's so much Davis. to love about Phil. Back to back thousand yard seasons. The, we the both have two on. of the most underrated, really good running backs on our teams: Joe Mixon and Philip Lindsay. Exactly, I so. agree. That's why that's why the depth chart came out today, and it's Philip Lindsay slash Melvin Gordon at the starting running back position. So yeah. because you're paying Melvin Gordon eight million dollars, so you can't be your backup. Because that's a hell of a backup. Yeah. It's, it's like having a Coupe de Ville as your backup car to drive to work and yeah. you're driving a Honda. It's true. So, well, yeah, Melvin Gordon's going to have to win over the fans. If he starts sucking, though, I'll tell you right now, everybody's going to ride his ass and not going to want him to play a snap. If he starts fumbling the ball, Philip Lindsay, everyone's going to bash him just because everyone yeah. loves Philip. So, I think he's, he's got, he's got, he, I mean, he may not see, <coughs> seem like the shoulders like that. He has that much on his shoulders from the rest of the league because he's only on one year deal. But yeah. for inside Denver, Colorado, Phil Lindsay is is the man, and you're gonna have to prove yourself that you're better than him, or you should get more snaps than him because you're not. It's not gonna be that easily win one over. The Broncos are one of those franchises and fan bases that know what a good running game does because every time that the Broncos have won a Super Bowl, it wasn't because John Elway was dragging those shitty teams in the '80s to the Super Bowls. It was. They're riding the back of Terrell Davis in the offensive line. That's why I think people are pissed off about you know 72 the most and the fact that they drafted K.J. Hamler in the fucking third round. Second, then, round, but... second round. Then a guy that they could have been getting on the offensive line. There's a lot of... A th- there's a lot of things that he's going to have to prove, and the, and the Broncos fan base is one of those fan bases that aren't going to let you slide. So, yeah, so I, I mean, it's not going to be a Le'Veon Bell situation in New York where they're fine with him fucking around for a year. Exactly. So I mean, the the one thing though about about the that draft for the Broncos, KJ Hamler obviously in the second round was like I don't know about that. Could you have got him with your next pick? Who knows? But you do get Lloyd Cushenberry in the third with your next pick, and that he's 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 already named the starting center for that yeah. team. He's he like you like your your quarterback should know. He's he did a great job leading that offensive the, line. The LSU, LSU offensive line won the collective offensive lineman trophy, best offensive. And now and now you have the unit. captain of that offensive line now in the middle of that your Broncos line. So maybe that helps. Oh, that's so. that's the sol- most solid inner three I can remember since. Um, the Cowboys with Frederick, Zach Martin, and uh, I can't remember who the other guy was, but you know it's it's a really solid interior. I think the captain 
obviously Graham Glasgow because he has the most experience. experience yeah. But then you got Reisner, who's a hell of a leader. Another he's, Colorado homeboy. Yeah, another Colorado kid. I think we went to FBU with him one year, but he was he was a little bit, a little bit bigger, a little bit, a little bit yeah. had a little bit more hype surrounding him. I didn't know him. that, but yeah, I guess so. Um, but he, you know, being from Wiggins, he was obviously the big fish in the little pond. But he's he's one of the top, I think, left guards. And, and you know, it's tough because right now you're with Quentin Nelson, so you're getting compared to guys like that because they came into the league around the same time. But he's pretty good for what you got. He's a second round guard, but he's going to be a leader for a while. Yeah, no, that that front that middle three. I mean, you and me played in the middle two or two of the middle of three, so we know a little bit about that. But yeah. um, like it, it's going to start up front, and if those middle three can gel together smoothly, the running game is going to take off. So yeah, and that's where Philip likes to run the ball. He likes getting those quick inside hitter plays, and then finding where the opening is. And that'll make life a lot easier on Drew. Yeah, that's going to be. That'll make up for the fact that they're not they're only gonna be pass blocking with five guys. Um We gotta talk about your Bengals a little bit. So I mean we won't go dive into it as much because most of our listeners are from the Colorado region, not necessarily the Ohio region. I don't, yeah, but, we don't have many Ohio Ohio listeners. You guys but, should because I'm one of the guys I'm yeah, there's very few places you can find any kind of talk about the Bengals and I'm one of those places. So but I have it, there was a if you guys followed Pat McAfee's show they they did a thing a few days ago where they viewed over the top quarterbacks in the NFL starting quarterbacks and Joe Burrow was twenty four May twenty three somewhere around there yeah makes I mean Drew Locke was twenty seven so I, I'm, I'm I'm only gonna I'm, I'm the only reason why I'm mad about that is because Joe Burrow hasn't played a game he shouldn't he shouldn't be third like the worst on the list but the dude yeah. hasn't played a game yet so you don't know yeah um, I think that's it's tough because of that, but then you also have guys in Drew Locke's class like a Dwayne Haskins who hasn't done anything in the mm-hmm. league, Josh Rosen who's on his I think fourth team in four Poor years. Um, so the, I think there's, you know, that makes I think he fits in about twenty four. I'd probably put him twenty four and then Locke twenty five. I do think that Drew Locke is way better than what the Broncos had, and he'll be the best thing that the Broncos have had since. Peyton. I would say Osweiler in that Super Bowl season. Don't don't, don't say that name either. That's that's probably ball, job, ball security is job security. Probably was the next best quarterback that I'd seen for the Broncos in a while. Um, I think Joe Burrow, you know, he's one of those guys that he's coming in and he's bringing a presence with him. He reminds me a lot of Russell Wilson. He's a little bit more arrogant than Russell Wilson was. Uh, the pointing to the ring finger mm-hmm. and the. He counting out the touchdowns when he had seven in the first half against Oklahoma. He is a little bit of a shithead, but he's the kind of shithead that I, I'd want to play for, and I think he's the kind of shithead that's going to make other people better around him. Yeah, the one the one thing that, as, as an outside football fan that doesn't watch the Bengals as much, is now I'm going to be tuning into Bengals games to watch him. And that's the that's the thing that if Andy Dalton was a quarterback, I would, couldn't give two shits about the Bengals. I'm sorry. It doesn't. But, yeah, and no, nothing really matters when Andy Dalton is the quarterback because he's not going to win you games, but he's not going to lose you games. It's it's just it, he's the cat. He's the diet coke of quarterbacks, and he's just going to be there. Like you can substitute him, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I think it, this brings him a little brings them a little bit. I mean, more it, it was the same thing when the when the Browns drafted Baker. Obviously, they didn't have success, but yeah. I still tuned into my first ever Browns game because I wanted to see what Baker was going to do. And now yeah. I'm going to be doing the same thing with Bengals game or Bengals game Thursday week Thursday Joe night Burrow. week two Bengals versus the Browns Thursday night football. It's the, one of the two times I'm going to be able to watch the Bengals play this year. Um, but I think that'll be big. The other thing I like about Burrow too is that it, he's number nine. 
And they gave T. Higgins, who is their receiver that they drafted in the second round, mm-hmm. who if you've been play, paying attention to college football the last few years, T. Higgins has been the best receiver I think outside of C.D. Lamb and maybe Jerry Judy in college football. No, he was a stud at Clemson. And, and he is now number 85, so you got that 9-85 connection. Haven't had that since Ocho Stinko and Carson Palmer. It still uh, yeah, that, makes that, me that sad to bring up Carson Palmer. Bit. But uh, there's there's a, I think they win a few more games, but I don't think they're a playoff contending team. I say 24 probably he's going to be a 5-11 and 11 starter his first year, probably somewhere around there, maybe 4-10 and 10 if they – really suck, but they are going to win more than two games. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. The team will be a lot more improved, and we talked about it a little bit on last week's episode. I told you uh, if you're in that set, like 7 to 12 range in the draft, yeah. you could possibly get yourself a uh, um, ju- or sorry, oh, what's his Justin name? Jefferson no, just got Jefferson. drafted. Um, um, the LSU wide receiver. Jamar Chase. Jam- or did he get drafted too? Oh I gosh. do know that there's a receiver from LSU that's going to be <laughs> yeah, available. Yeah. Um, you're out to Fact checks us on this, but yeah, there you could get another receiver to help you out. Who knows what AJ Green is going to look like next year if he stays around? You could yep. add more depth there. So, um, but the bright, but the future is a lot more brighter with Joe Burrow than it is with Andy Dalton. I think you yeah. agree with that. And I think this is a big year because we'll finally get to see Jonah Williams play. And Jonah Williams was supposed to be our franchise left tackle last year, ended up blowing his shoulder in preseason and never got to play. So, this Stud left be... tackle and a great young quarterback is. There's a possibility to have a 2,000-yard passer, a 1,000-yard receiver, a 750 receiver. So the 1,000-yard would be Tyler Boyd. The 750 would be maybe a T. Higgins or A.J. Green. And then a 1,000-yard rusher because Joe Mixon has had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons behind an offensive line that I think our high school offensive – obviously it's hyperbole, but our high school offensive line might have been a better choice for to run behind than, than the Bengals' offensive line the past few years. No, yeah, if you're a fantasy football fan, you obviously should recognize Joe Mixon's name because I like I agree, with, I agree with you completely. He's probably he's been one be of the sleeper. biggest steals in the fantasy fantasy football world for he, the past few years. He's going to be a sleeper this year. I mean, even if they win, don't win all those games, he's going to win you fantasy football games because he's going to put up numbers. Because yeah. like we said with Melvin Gordon, Phelps, Lindsey, good running game is going to help a young quarterback. Right. So rely on Mixon to get that offense going. So, and we got the fastest man in football, John Ross. He's finally going to break out. He's going to prove why we chose him. What is and it? Number four ten years since he was drafted, or uh, I think that they declined his option. Uh, he's like I think he was in the same draft as seventy two. Oh, so oh, yeah, they declined his option, and he's on his last year of his rookie contract. If you make it to the last year of your rookie contract, congratulations, you fucking suck. So. Uh, I will tell – I think I've told it before on the podcast, but the best story about John Ross, Mark Schlereth was out talking to some of the Bengals coaches, and the week after rookie minicamp when the vets finally came back in, he was going up against Drake Kirkpatrick, went up against press coverage one time in a walk – I think they had helmets on and they were doing seven-on-seven seven, and was down on the ground for the next five minutes because Drake Kirkpatrick almost broke his sternum. He had never been pressed in the chest that hard. So that's what we drafted at number 10. That's why we drafted at number 10 two years in a row. Yeah, who knows? But I mean, but besides that, we won't. We're, we're we're pushing an hour right now, so we're we won't dive into all the NFL games. Um, but we we we'll, we'll give Super Bowl predictions just a little bit early ahead of the time. Um, I think I know the direction you might be going in, but who knows? So I'll let you let you start with that. Um, we won't do division winners. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll maybe save next week for that. We'll probably we'll moving forward with all the sports going on. I say we maybe do like. We pick one game out of each division, mm-hmm. um, so we'll we'll talk about. I think, I think that'll be eight games mm-hmm. because there's four four divisions in each conference. So we'll talk about one game per division 
Um, and it'll be the one that'll probably be the most pivotal. So we'll talk about probably the Chiefs game or maybe the Broncos game if they win mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of go like that. So, yeah, so so for my Super Bowl prediction, uh, I think it's I think it's pretty pretty easy. I do think the Chiefs are going to not go back to form to what they were. I had a uh, Baltimore Ravens versus Seahawks Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. I, I know that's – actually, I don't know about Seahawks, but I do think that um, Russell Wilson, Wilson might have another MVP-type season. Uh, I think people are sleeping on Seahawks a lot. Jamal Adams, they gave up a lot for him. But he still is a stud at safety, and he's gonna he's gonna ensure that back end, um, like in the Ravens, uh, Lamar Jackson. I, th- I think he's gonna have another good year. I hope he doesn't fall into the Robert Griffin III um, curse, like those running quarterbacks usually do that were picked, that were, that were drafted. So hopefully he has a good year. But I think right now. That'd be a that'd be a fun Super Bowl having, having be, two teams yeah. up and down the field. And those are two of the most dynamic quarterbacks. My problem with Lamar Jackson, I don't think he's going to get hurt. I don't think he's going to start you know losing a ton of games in the regular season. But he's one of those quarterbacks where you take the game against him in the regular season, and you don't care if you win or lose. You just want to get some film on him so that you can figure him out in the playoffs. And that's what's happened the last two years because they dominated the Chargers in the regular season, and then the Chargers came back two years ago uh, and beat them in the divisional round of the playoffs, and then. You got last year when you have the Titans, the Titans who shouldn't have been there in the first place because they ended up upsetting the Patriots in the wild card weekend. And all you have to do is put an extra DB on the field because they can pass coverage. You just can't let them be the fastest guy on the field. And then then people know how to beat them. So that's my problem with Lamar Jackson. I think the Seahawks, I think they're probably, if I were going to pick a a sleeper from the NFC, I wouldn't pick the Seahawks. I'd pick probably the Packers more. Just because they were, I think they were in a better situation. They just didn't like the physicality of the Even 49ers. They drafted a quarterback in the first round. That's that's going to be the reason why they fall apart this year if they do, because they just created some unnecessary strife. And from everything that I've been hearing, Jordan Love fucking sucks. So <laughs> yeah, if you're, it's if you're it's a, not an Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre situation. It's more like a Peyton Manning, Brock Osweiler situation. So, if you're a Packers fan, you won't hear that. If you're a Milwaukee sports fan, I'm so sorry. I mean, you have you we have basically Packers ruined your drafted, dreams. Yeah. yeah, your dreams are just about to be completely shattered. Oh, Aaron Rodgers might want to leave. Giannis is probably going to leave. Yeah, I hate to be in Milwaukee right now. <laughs> so or be in the state of Wisconsin, that's for sure. But I do think that they, if everything kind of stays where it is, I think that Zary Smith on their defensive end is really good, and they they have Jair Alexander on the outside. So. They do have some pl- things in place. They just couldn't compete with the 49ers because they weren't physical last year. Mm-hmm. And if they're a little bit more physical, the floor really rejuvenated that offense. Aaron Rodgers looked like Aaron Rodgers of old, throwing five touchdowns a game. So that's my sleeper on the NFC side. My match Super Bowl matchup is going to be, I would say probably, I think the 49ers are doing things that they need to do to kind of get back to where they want to be. Um, so I think they're going to be in the NFC, and then I think in the AFC. Repeat Super Bowl? or I don't think it's a repeat Super Bowl because I think maybe the, the Chiefs slip up at some point. Um, man, I can't. I, I think the Titans maybe will step up and maybe make a push and, and finish out what they did, not be a wild card team, win the division this year, and then maybe move on and be the AFC, per, AFC team in the Super Bowl. No. That's yeah, a very underrated signing was Jadavian Clowney. That yeah. Titans defense, huge upgrade. Now, you're, 
I mean, Kevin he Byer basically replaced and, the hole that Jarrell Casey was going to have. Exactly. And, I mean, arguably, I'd rather have Davion Clowney yeah. than Jarrell Casey. I mean, Jadavion Clowney is a lot more proven, and people have seen his, his destruction that he's been able to do. He's on physically side. explosive. He could do a lot more things than just rush the passer. So, I, I mean, I, I do think the Titans will be right in there in that, that discussion. I don't know if relying on Tannehill that much is going to get them far, so that's the only question I have about them. But if Derrick Henry is, to ha- is going to have an incredible, just record-breaking I, year, that team is going to go as far as Derrick Henry takes them. And their offensive line, too. They solidified the right side with Isaiah Williams from Georgia. Big old boy from Georgia. And he's going to be a good right tackle. They got Luan. They got Saffold. So, I mean, they know their identity. And it's the same identity they had when they went to the Super Bowl in 99. They rely on a really big, heavy running game. They had it with Eddie George. They got it with Derrick Henry. Um, and the quarterback just has to be able to make plays when he needs to. They got A.J. Brown, who makes a lot of plays, too. Um, and Crawford was pretty good for him last year. Delaney Walker at tight end. Mm-hmm. So A.J. Brown's going to help Tannehill out. I mean, the one good thing about the NFL, I mean, with all sports basically right now, is you have no idea what's going to go on. Yeah. I mean, there there's so many teams that – could hit their stride and just go take off like the Titans did last year or like the Jag Jaguars did four years ago. Like, there's yeah. th- I mean, they won't do that this year. But no, the Jaguars are, could do things like that. The Jaguars are probably going to be. I see them getting the first pick next year. Yeah, no, they, I, they're, they're making. They're, oh. If I'm gonna, if we're gonna do our major predictions, bet I think the most improved team is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because yeah. their their moves. Yes, they seem a lot like they have a lot of hype right now, but their moves actually. Like Fournette could be the closer, like Legarrette Blunt was with Brady back in New England. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Chris OJ Howard, Chris Godwin, and then on defense, Quan Alexander, and they got some guys, you know, Vita Vea and Dominican Sue. Yeah, that no, that team is completely revamped. So I think they're going to be the most improved, and Jacksonville is going to be the worst team I think in the league. Yeah, you know, I, I completely agree. Jacksonville's. Um, I, I have I have a buddy from school who's a Jacksonville fan. I'm sorry, but yeah, they're going to suck this year. Duval but. Duval's looking to suck. Yeah. Uh, they're they're pulling a major league situation. Looking the, for Trevor Lawrence next year. Something like Trevor. that. <laughs> the the general manager wants to lose, so he can move him to England. The owner, not the yeah. general manager. The owner wants to move him to England. Thank you. That's why Trevor. they that's why they play in England four times every year. Um, but yeah, but before I mean, before we move on to uh, other news, news stories, gotta mention that the Broncos right now um, do have possibility for fans coming back week three yep. um, against Tampa Bay, so that'd be huge. Hopefully, hopefully Kansas City. I believe they are letting fans in Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's about maybe six percent capacity this game. I'm not like, exactly sure what the numbers are. Yeah, the Broncos was 5,700. It's got to be somewhere around somewhere around there. there. So hopefully the Chiefs do a great job on Thursday, keeping everyone safe and having a good thing in play because um, my family is very long time t- season ticket holders and I would literally do anything to go to that game week three. So yeah. hopefully the league steps up and that the, the city of color or the city of Denver and Broncos are able to work together and give fans a mile high. Cause I mean, I would, Oh man, I just want, that. I just want to feel the experience of mile high again. And you get to see that Tampa Bay team up close and personal. So that would be something. so knock, knock on wood for that. So um, yeah, that's that um, other news stories. Talked to, I mean, we talked a little bit about tennis last week. Um, I had a predi- oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I had a prediction of Daniel Thyme winning the U.S. Open, which looks incredible right now. So I hope you all listen to me. Because yep. Novak Djokovic, oh. um, one of the most absurd things you'll ever see in any sports is he accidentally hits a line judge with a tennis ball in the throat. Lady has to go to the hospital, and Djokovic is de-qualified. Yeah. It's unheard of because he's the number one seed. Um I mean, no one really cares about tennis unless Roger Federer and the dollar in it. So this tournament's kind of washed. 
I mean, it is a wash for me because I still enjoy watching and betting on it. But well, now this makes it a lot more interesting because you got the guy that I think was a long. I mean, he wasn't he was a long a big, shot. He was a big um, favorite to win. Yeah, Djokovic was. Jok- a big favorite Djokovic to win. was, yeah. but I'm talking about like time yeah. where you have guys that maybe sneak up. <laughs> Excuse me. It's like the Kentucky Derby when the the lead horse that they think was going to go, and we'll talk about we we'll get to that too. But like you think that this horse is going to lead the whole time, and then. It, some something happens. He scratches out, and then somebody else steps in. So this is that was a scratch on Djokovic's part. Now time maybe kind of slides up in there. He was plus five hundred, I think is what you said. Yeah, plus five hundred last week. I believe he's about three plus three fifty right now. So hopefully put that bet in last in, week. But, so I mean, I take it still plus three fifty. It's not my beats the week because I got to change it up a little bit every week. But yeah. I'd still take it. But I mean, um, one one other news topic that that we can touch on a little bit is apparently Nick Diaz is going to be coming back. Oh, is um, that again in the BMF rematch? BM, so Nate, so we have Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal fighting. Um, I believe they have it scheduled for either end of December or beginning of January. That's when that's scheduled. But the older Diaz, Nick Diaz, apparently oh. um, on Ariel Hawani's show came out and he's training to fight again. And he so apparently he's... wants the winner of Colby Covington and Tyron Woodley two weeks from now. Give I would your, I mean, love that. So give, give me your quick thoughts on that. Nick Diaz, haven't seen him fight in five years. No. Um, who knows what he looks like fighting-wise, but be a fun fight. I think he's still going to have the cardio that he's always had. This is a guy, he, he's not fighting in the, MM, in the MMA right now because he was originally banned for life because he loves smoking weed. And he Diaz smoked, love smoking He weed. smoked weed all the way through his camp and got popped, and Nevada decided to ban him for life. It was a shitty situation. Stupid, uh, they overturned that, so now he's able to come back. He's not going to look, I don't think he's going to look very good fight-wise, but I think that's a, I would love to see Colby Covington and Nick Diaz talk shit for like three yeah. months until, le- that, until that, they fight. That'd be, a, that'd be a fun fight. It's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be a good fight in the cage, but it'd be entertaining as hell. It'd be like, it's going to be the closest thing we got to the McGregor Mayweather hype train leading I don't up. Know it's not going yes, to be on the same level, but that's going to be the, the best. The same amount of shit talking though, yeah. 100 like beyond that, even. this is the best UFC. This would be the best UFC hype video I think since probably. Ooh, I don't, oh, hold on! I, I I gotta cut you off here. Did you see the Adesanya Costa type video? Oh no, I didn't see that. That's gonna that that fight in few weeks. We'll have the predictions for all that coming up or later on. No. But that I mean that's gonna be it. That was a sick hype. That was video, yeah. So. And then the, the Khabib. Um, there was one with Khabib. I think. It might have been Dustin Poirier. He had a really good one, and it was with Dustin Poirier of all people, who nobody knows outside of the hardcore MMA fans. So th- that that would be something huge, and that gives a lot of hype for the UFC, who's already, like we said, killing it without the fans in the stands coming back from quarantine. The one sport that got us through this whole quarantine is continuing <sighs> oh, to kill it. Sticking with the UFC, I had to bring it up. My pick, beat of the week last week, Ovin St. Preux, one plus one ten. Not only did he win, he got that Wakanda Forever walk away knockout head kick. Um, and then, I'm surprised that wasn't your play of the week, but obviously you're going to stick with your lightning guns. But that, I, that was a crazy knockout. You had a great pick. I mean, we'll segue that into our beats of the week real quick. But um, I got to apologize to all our listeners out there because how we forgot to put the Kentucky Derby into our beats of the week, I yeah. don't know. I, I, I completely just spaced it. It might have been because we uh, recorded earlier than we did, but we each picked two horses and literally didn't pick a single winner. So nope. that's just horse racing for you. No, so. my, I had one. Uh, New York traffic was in third for like a quarter. Was in third for the quarter mile to about the three quarter mile mark. And I thought he was going to make his move, but he had, 
basically worn himself out all the way. There. Yeah, who knows with horse racing? Authentic. <laughs> if, if you did watch the Kentucky Derby on Saturday, Authentic did win, and I picked um, Tis the Law and picked Max Player. Jimmy picked New York Traffic, and what was the last one? Uh, I, I didn't. I'll look it up real quick because I can't remember. We even had four horses, like literally had the best odds to fucking win at least one of them. Uh, major Fed. Major Fed. And yeah. We had the best odds to at least win one of them. And, didn't pick either, so that's horse racing for you. I lost some money on it, but it is what it is. That's horse racing for you. I'll let you uh, pop off, start off with the beats of the week because you killed it last week with your main OSP one. So, go so first. Uh, my first one, we talked about how you have no clue what's going on in the first week, especially in the first week of the NFL season. I think one thing you can predict is that the offenses are going to look like trash. Even the Chiefs offense has been so high-powered. No preseason games is going to affect these guys. So uh, I picked, I took the highest over, which is 54.5 in the Texans and Chiefs game, Thursday Night Football opening game of the season. And I would take the under in that just because 54.5 points for two offenses, offenses that haven't seen live action, one since early January and the other since early February. So I think that's a safe, a safe one to win, uh, take the under in the Texans and Chiefs game. Oh yeah, so sticking with that, I'll 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 go with my uh, beats the league for football. Um, so right now the Browns are plus two twenty to beat to beat the Ravens. They're they're not the biggest underdogs of the day. I think the uh, oh, oh it's it's I think it's I think the, it was the Dolphins. The Dolphins and uh, the the Texans were I think the Chiefs are favored by nine points. I guess okay. Either way, year. but so yeah, the Browns right now just to win the game over Baltimore's plus two twenty. Who knows? Like we said, offenses. Gonna take a little while to get going, and I mean, we, we won't touch it about what happened with OBJ, but uh, the, the Browns, the Browns the, have but, enough have some pretty big uh, distractions. Going so on. so maybe maybe they're able to pull off a week one win, and shock the world against the Ravens. Who knows? But Baker I mean, wasn't able to film all those commercials, so that's true. So and so for my for my next beat of the week, I mean, we we we, we touched about touched about USC not too long like just recently, but. To continue on with that, Dana White continue to put fight, fights out every week. Um, this weekend, we have Michelle, the Karate Hottie, which is her nickname, Watterson, fighting Angela Hill in the main event. Oh, yeah. um, that's going to be a great fight. Uh, right now, Michelle Watterson is plus 110 to beat Angela Hill. I, don't, I, I, I watch a little bit of UFC, or I watch a lot of UFC, but I don't know a whole lot about Angela Hill. I know she's a stud, but... She's the first uh, African-American woman signed by the UFC, and she's going to be the first one to headline a UFC event, too. So that's huge for the sport. So, I, I mean, I'm picking Michelle Watterson just because I know a little bit about her and know her, her judo game is incredible. So uh, I'm picking her over Angela Hill plus 110 on uh, Saturday night. That's not a bad pick. Um, Angela Hill is one of the more recognizable people in the female division, but it's not necessarily because she's always winning. It's because she's very well-spoken, so the UFC tries to push her a little mm-hmm. bit. It's a similar, not necessarily the same as Paige Van Zandt, but it's similar to where they, they she excels in one area, so she's not the best fighter. I think that's a pretty pretty good underdog pick for that mm-hmm. this card coming up. My next one is basketball. and uh, Right now the Nuggets and Clippers are plus 490 for the Clippers to win in seven. So I'm not saying that the Nuggets are going to make another huge comeback and be able to to upset the Clippers in this round of the playoffs, but I do think they have the ability. I mean, it's it's insane not to think that they can come back and they have the mental toughness to come back from a big deficit after watching what they did last last series against Utah. It's a totally different situation because the Clippers are a way better team collectively than Utah. Way better. But I think, you know, Jamal Murray is, is a superstar. Blue Arrow wants to get on that NBA 2K22 cover. 
So he's got to do something in these playoffs and, and coming back, pushing to Game 7 against the Clippers. I, and that's plus 490, so I think that's pretty good money for uh, him. I, I agree. I don't. I really hope we don't go down 3-1 and get us in that hole again. I hope we're able to take um, Game 4 tomorrow night. Or, sorry, what, the day before this episode's coming out, so Wednesday. Um, hopefully able to do that. That'd be huge. I really don't want to go down 3-1, but I don't doubt that Nuggets win another game this series. I, 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 w- I, w- I don't know if it goes 7. I'm hoping it goes 7 because if it goes 7, that means Nuggets have a good shot of winning this series. Yeah. Um, but if the Nuggets are going to win the series, it's going to go 7. So I don't, I don't hate that bet, that's for sure, though. But so if, if, segueing into that, my my last beat of the week um, – Nuggets right now to win the series just in any fashion is plus 1,100. I thought that was just ridiculous. Obviously, everyone bashed, I mean, going from Stephen A. Smith down to Richard Jefferson to Reggie Miller counted this Denver Nuggets team out after game one, saying this team doesn't have the heart, doesn't have the talent yet. Um, not made there. Made no sense. Made no sense at Ma- all. Made no sense at all. And this team, it's plus 1,100. Are you kidding me? Five bucks on this gets you so much money. Just throw a pocket change at this and take it. Why not? Like it's, we, it's, we say that having given out a few of these bets before and all of those are no longer able to happen. So, so I mean, why? just throw a pocket change at it. Who, who the hell cares? It's a plus 1,100. Yeah. This team has a lot of heart. I don't see why not. Why not us? Why not the Denver, Denver Fraud Nuggets? Like, why not? I don't, I don't see why. A plus 1,100. Are you kidding me? That's, that's some of the most ridiculous line I've ever seen. At least give us a little more credit. Yeah. At least put us out. Plus five hundred, plus eleven hundred. You shitting me? Take Come it. on. Yeah, I think Wednesday night's going to be huge as to how the rest of the series is going to go, um, because coming off of those words by Beverly, but also Michael Malone then came back and said, you know, I don't really concern myself with Pat Beverly because he's not a great player. If it was Kawhi talking, I'd listen because he's a great Malone spit facts. Yeah. It's it's probably true, but then you're going to piss off one of the better defenders in the league, and then maybe I, he locks down. Care, he takes stuff. advantage of your. Your basic rookie with MPJ, who yes has looked great, and yes he's outplayed everything that I think it, I have no I thought he was gonna do. He's gonna end up making that really bad situation worse. It's it could be throwing gasoline on the fire. I'm just nervous. I about could that. care less about pissing off Patrick Beverly. I could care a lot more about pissing off Kawhi Leonard. I'll tell you that. And you piss never, off Kawhi, you're you really never know if trouble. you piss him off either because he, so. he wouldn't say anything. My last beat of this week. Vegas ended up going down one nothing, uh, losing one nothing in the first round of the Western Conference Finals. It pissed me off that the Stars score, Stars and Avalanche score like twelve goals a game collectively, and then first game of the Western Conference Finals ends one nothing. Um, but I think that Vegas, Vegas right now is plus six fifty to win the series in five. I think that's going to happen. Laner didn't play the other night. They played Flurry, Hall of Fame goalie, and was really good in, in Pittsburgh making those Stanley Cup runs. But he's not as good as Laner right now. They're just giving him, I think, a little bit of rest because they they ended up getting their series pushed to seven games against Vancouver. Um, so I think they'll come. He'll come back and shut down the Stars' offense. Who honestly, it's not that hard to not give up goals from them. And Laner has been a man, been on, a man on a mission this this so far this postseason. No, Flurry is a bona fide a Hall of Famer. Um, I think he's past his prime. Though. He is past his prime, though. So, who, who? I mean, you got to throw Lanier back out there for game two um, tomorrow night. So You have the benefit night, so. of having two Hall of Fame goalies. It's time to put the one who's got the hot hand, and you know you could ride all the way through this Dallas Stars team. Maybe it goes six, but I think Vegas winning the series in five, coming back and, and not giving up another loss to a team that I think they're, frankly, just way better than. You got Marshall mm-hmm. Solt, Stastny, Laner in the goal. It's just... 
Vegas, like I said, I've said it before as we were talking about the NHL playoffs. Vegas Knights have been close for a while, and I think this is the year that they don't want to be close anymore. I would love to see Vegas and Tampa Bay in the Stanley Cup Finals. No, that'd be that'd be good. And we'll be popcorn ready. You'll be high fly. We'll high be fly uh, game. yeah. We'll be live tweeting the once the NHL gets to the Stanley Cup Final. I'll be live tweeting all the Stanley Cup Final games, even though the Avs aren't in it anymore. So make sure you follow the Twitter at feotb pod. Follow Instagram too at the same at the same handle. So yeah, so we'll we'll continue on with that. We'll go into Player of the Week. Um, right now, the, it, we're about even on our overalls. I think I think you might have a slight lead just because you've won more Player of the Weeks. Yeah. Uh, right now, I believe it's about six to five total of win losses for Player of the Week versus Player of the Week. Um, Kucherov still winning by one vote as we're recording this. There's still time left in the poll, but. It's tied on Twitter, and then it, on Instagram, it's 3-2 for Kucherov right now over Jamal Murray. So we'll, we'll, we'll continue with our Player of the Weeks. Keep voting. Make sure to vote on our Instagram stories. And now, starting today, as of Tuesday, we are going to be posting as well on our Twitters. So, I mean, if you see, uh, see, if you see our name pop up on your Twitter feed, just click a name. If you think, which, think a certain player is play, playing better um, than a different player, then just – Click it. It's only one click. If you're just scrolling, just all you gotta do is click one little small click. So yeah, and if you really think somebody has been better, you could vote on both. Yeah, you could vote on Instagram and Twitter. You don't have to choose one or the other. Because um, I feel like there's a lot of guys right now that are hoping Jamal Murray wins, but they've only voted on Twitter or Instagram. So go vote on both, and maybe he ends up coming back and beating Nikita Kucherov for the second time. But yeah, so uh, I'll let you start player of the week because I mean we talked about it. I know I, I know what yours is because you're you're on the lightning wagon now. I, as as yeah. Spin Chicklets would say, you're on the wagon. So I'm on the wagon. Hashtag Gold Bolts on Twitter. Um, they've actually been super. They've been checking out every time that I put Gold Bolts in something. They uh, we get like 300 views on on Twitter on those tweets. But I think right now player of the week for me, Braden Point. He's my third. Third time picking a Tampa Bay player. It, this time it's not Nikita Kucherov, though. It is Braden Point. Like I said, five points the other night. Two goals, three assists. And uh, he's also going to – I'll mention him again in the play of the week. But he, he's been on that line. And Nikita Kucherov has been the top of that line. But he has not been very far behind. He's been playing great on the forecheck defense-wise. And then he's scoring tons of points. I think he's, he's plus 11 in the playoffs. So – not a bad move. Not a bad decision having him out on the ice right now. No, plus minus is a huge in hockey. I'm excited to see how this poll goes because we have two completely different yeah. players than we usually do. So, so for my player of the week, I have Kemba Walker. So, so Kemba right now he's he's been averaging 25 points. A cardiac Kemba. Cardiac Kemba. March Madness only come only shows down in March. Um, or Kemba Walker, the dude has been unreal. Played twenty five points, averaging twenty five points per game in this series against Toronto. The dude has been the most unguardable step back in NBA history, and that's saying something because there's been a lot of great step backs. The dude makes so much great, so much separation between him and the defender that it's literally unguardable. There's mm-hmm. A reason why he's named Cardiac Kemba. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just search it up on YouTube and watch the video. The dude hit an unreal game game winner um, in 2010, I believe, over uh, Syracuse in the Big East Championship for UConn back in the day. And the dude is showing that he thrives in those tight pack situations because like Barge Madness, you don't know what's going to happen. This year in NBA Plus, no one knows what's going to happen. The dude has just been lighting it up. On both ends of the floor. I'll give you the fact that I know his college basketball nickname. That the, that gives you some points because I don't know. I know very little about college basketball un, up until the tournament starts. Um, 
So now transitioning to play of the week. Braden Point is involved in my play of the week, like I mentioned. If you haven't seen it, we talked about Varley, how we want him to do well moving forward, and he's been complete. Re- uh, he's been a wall back there for the Islanders. He did get pulled the, the other first night, given up, series, yep. given up. I think I think he gave up five, and then the goalie that came in and gave up three. Uh, but they got eight goals, and the best one that I saw a two-on-one Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point one-timer through Varley's five-hole. They didn't even have to slap this one through. Uh, I know what yours is, and I know it, it involves some sort of a poster in hockey. You don't necessarily get to posterize people, but putting something between the goalie's five hole is a cardinal rule. They should never let one go in there, and, and the way that it was a two-on-one, it was just so slick. I, I don't know if, if there's something that could beat that. I, maybe something happened in, in, in one of the games we were live-tweeting last night, but go ahead. Go, what's your play of the week? If you don't know what this play is, you need to get your ass on Twitter right now and make sure you go look this shit up. Are you kidding me? Matres Harrell, welcome to your Kodak moment. Are you kidding me? MPJ with the poster of the playoffs. My, my play of the week, honestly, changed last night. I originally had LeBron James dunk over at Russell Westbrook in game two, yeah. but there's no doubt this should have been play of the week. Michael Porter Jr., like we've been saying, absolute freaking stud. Are you kidding me? I'm going to say are you kidding me at least five more times during this, but the dude Dude literally had Montrez Harrell's face in his freaking nuts as he was dunking on him for at least like like a full like four feet, five feet away from the basket. He yeah. jumped. Yeah, he it did. wasn't like he was right under the basket. The dude had to reach, went over the top of him, absolutely murdered the dude, baptized him, put him in a coffin. If the Nuggets would have won last night, I would have absolutely said end that man's career, but we didn't. So I'm just going to go with... That he he should just be at least he, he's in a coma right now. The, the man's unconscious and that he's a uh, he's he's uh he's in a tombstone. So yeah, he, he hit the tombstone pile driver for Undertaker and the dude's out cold because Michael Porter Jr. almost should have ended that man's career. Sixth man of the year, my freaking ass, dude got put on the fucking poster. That's one of the best posters I've seen in a fat minute. In yeah, a fat minute. Mike Breen doesn't say bang on dunks often, but that was that's one that. You know, I, I used to do it when I called basketball games, too. Hit a big three-pointer. Bang! That was, Every, everybody loves Mike Breen. That, that deserves a – that's a Mike Breen bang dunk right there. And I'll give you Kawhi's middle finger block. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. But are you kidding me? Are you are you kidding me? It's going to – Let me remind you how old this kid is. He's 22 years old. Yeah. Over the sixth man of the year in a – Freaking playoff game with your fucking backs against the wall. The dude said, hold my dick, and went and dunked over the top of him. Are you kidding me? Took two steps, and then, yeah, hold my dick while I come down on your face. It was a, it was borderline Blake Griffin from 2010 in Lob City. Oh, it was, it was beautiful. Oh, absolutely. Stunning. I'll tell you. I'll give Fire you that. Me it's gonna, it's gonna, me gonna come down to which kind of fans come across the pole first. Because, like I, I love said, you, but this this ain't gonna like, fucking. I know this is gonna go you one got a, way. You got a lot then, of your buddies that are basketball fans that are definitely gonna put the poster. But honestly, come on. He, it was a good goal. He, he said he set it in the five hole, and and uh, Varley didn't have any idea where it went. Uh, if you watch the rest of the highlight, Varley's sitting back there like, did that fucking shit just go? Did I just get it put between my legs? Oh my dude! I, 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 like I said previously, Michael Porter Jr. now is my fucking lock screen. Like the dude's dude had one of the greatest posters. Hockey, there isn't posters, but five hole, I'll give you that. One of the most disrespectful. Spit and chicklets would say hashtag hockey porn. One of the most disrespectful plays you can have in hockey against a goalie. But 
like, oh my god, Jimmy, like you have no idea, bro. I, I'll no, be I get it. To see how I get it. Goes, it's, but it's I the, think there is. I text you. I was like, that's my play of the week. I literally texted you as an. I was about to give week. it to you without a pull. I was about to give it to you. It was almost as good as uh, Luca's. You know when we gave Luca the yeah. game winner, and it was almost that that level. But then I saw I just so happened to be scrolling Twitter. NHL Twitter put out Braden Point. Nikita Kucherov, two-on-one, all the way down the ice, right in between Varley's legs, the goalie who's been arguably the hottest over the past week. Oh, it was just... It's going to be interesting. It's the first time that I've noticed it, so I'll give you that. Maybe the poster <laughs> might might be better, but I had to bring I had to bring it up. I had to give it some extra love. No, I, I, I'll give you that. That was a great play, like I said, but just if it was any other week, I'll give you it, but not this week. Not all right. All. All right. No, 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 no. As the great Dikime Mutombo said, no, 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 not today. <laughs> we will see how the rest of the sports week ends up. Nuggets coming up, playing tomorrow night. This will be on Wednesday night, so you guys will already know the end of it. And then game game uh, five will be Friday. Hopefully the Nuggets won't be down 3-1 in the series. Hopefully it'll be 2-2. Hopefully we have more basketball to talk about next week. Be- we'll have tons of football to talk about next week. Week one of the NFL starts Thursday night. We won't just be giving our, our predictions. We'll be diving into to what, uh, what what's going on in the league right now. Um, obviously, our, probably our play of the week and player of the week might be from the NFL now. That's one of the cool things about this, having four sports on at a time. Is yep. You don't know. Now, I mean, you guys might be getting bored with our basketball and hockey plays of the week and player of the week every week. So now you're going to get a little bit different taste with football coming into play. So It'll be something moving forward that we'll talk about. College football starting to come back. Navy just had a game against BYU on Monday night, which I didn't even realize was happening. And then high school football, Chassa's voting. Uh, they could have came out with it while we were recording this, but I haven't heard anything. But they're voting on whether or not to do a condensed season in the fall. So there's a lot of stuff that could possibly be coming back. So make sure that you follow along with us. Subscribe to, subscribe to the podcast. Like the podcast. Rate and review. We've been getting some great reviews from you guys and some love showing us what you guys enjoy about the show. Um, and then can chirp us on, on Twitter. I'm waiting for it. We had it a little bit in the abs while we were live-tweeting them. I'm sure once we start talking shit about other people's teams, uh, if, if the Nuggets don't make it to the finals and when I start talking shit about the Knights and Lightning, hopefully in the NHL finals, that'll be something that people will talk about. But chirp us on social media, at Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And just tell us how we're – like, interact with us. That's one of the things that we want with this show. And we hope that you guys have been enjoying the last couple of weeks where we kind of – let our hair down a little bit and just fucking talk about sports because this is one of my favorite times. Going from my least favorite time as a sports fan where we had none to this four major sports happening at once. College football might be coming back. Fuck yes. 2020 might have been shit, but maybe we're coming out on the other side. The end of 2020 is going to be a lot better than everyone thinks. So we hope you'll keep joining us because, I mean, like we said, football, basketball, hockey. God forbid baseball. <laughs> like we're gonna, we, every little. I mean, we have NCAA football. We're gonna have NCAA basketball. We're gonna keep coming at you with every little thing in the sports world, and including we're gonna have some more guests coming forward too. Yep. So stay on the lookout for those. Maybe. Plenty of room on the far end of the bench for you fucking bench warmers. Exactly. Thank you for listening to Far End of the Bench, episode five. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. This is the dollar bill. Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them pipes and I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire the beat. Elephants looking ahead of me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man. I got the plan. I call the shooters, they out with the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a sand. Piled like a perk. I'm going here. I'm going crazy. I'm here. Who's sticking up for niggas? That music, I look a sand. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. Take out a nine and I sell